Hello, this is Ryan Fritz with Science of Cardio, delivering the latest and greatest and the pros and cons of exercise science. Hello, Ryan Fritz here with Science of Cardio, talking to you about the latest and greatest about sauna science. This is a new or newer topic in the health wellness fields. I am super excited about it, very interested in learning more. Saunas have been around for hundreds of years, especially in Norwegian countries like Finland, uh, Scandinavia areas. So let's dive into the pros behind sauna use. So the, the biggest perk that most people know is the detoxification properties. So we sweat, uh, we basically release toxins and get rid of nasty stuff in our body. They have found that sweating is the only way to get rid of mercury in your body. That is some really cool information about getting out that mercury in our body. Obviously that is a poison and if we have too much of it, it creates problem and it can also kill us. Sweating is a very powerful tool, creates blood vasodilation, so your arteries expand. With that, I always kind of explain or talk to people about your arteries and veins and capillaries. They're kind of like muscles. Uh, they have elasticity properties. So they uh, expand and contract just like muscles. They are influenced by the heart and the blood pressure. So if your heart's pumping really hard, they can, again, expand and contract. So there is a great benefit to blood flow to all of the cells and all of the tissues in your body with hot therapy. Again, vasodilation is everything's opening up. With that, there is a chemical or a product called nitric oxide that gets stimulated when you go into saunas and it again creates this vasodilation and this is also shown and been scientifically proven to help lower your blood pressure so pretty cool uh, infos and ways to lower your blood pressure without nutrition and also without traditional exercise. So another thing that is fascinating and kind of dear to my heart is there are some really cool studies about Alzheimer's and dementia reduction from sauna use or hot therapy or stresses on our heat shock proteins. So science has shown us that if you use the sauna 20 minutes a day for four to seven times a week, there is a 60% decrease in Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, this is kind of a newer topic they're still researching and studying the crap out of uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, and those diseases with memory loss associated with heat therapy. Uh, my grandfather had it, so I am very interested and concerned about it, and it's something that I want to learn more about. So pretty cool information. Again, we're on the cutting edge of this kind of information of sauna science. So another great benefit and perk of using sauna or heat stress 
is it influences hormones or hormone production just like working out you work out you get endorphins you feel good the sauna does a similar the sauna does a similar impact on your body it influences the thyroid and you have increase in human growth hormone which is the hormone that has to do with muscle growth another great benefit of sauna science or sauna use is it influences DNA repair, so it maintains the three-dimensional shape of a DNA structure. So what that means is, is that can influence or decrease cancers and mutations and also help with you know keeping us younger, fitter, stronger, so with the, the DNA repair and maintenance, this is the reason or the science behind why they think it is effective for Alzheimer's and dementia therapy. They think that the DNA repair and maintenance maintains the cell structure in the brain and helps with you know, oxygen and blood flow to the brain. So when you have thermo stress or your body is stressed with heat or cold, it tries to maintain homeostasis. So when you're in extreme temperatures, hot or cold, your body does a ton of work and uses a lot of energy and the metabolism gets revved up to keep itself at homeostasis. So with the sauna, it's trying to keep itself cool, so that's why you sweat, but your body goes through a ton of energy and a lot of work to maintain that core temperature and uh, prevent you from overheating or dying. There's also been shown in studies an increase in serotonin, so this affects moods. Again, going back to very similar to exercise, the hormones and the body has a similar reaction to doing cardiovascular exercise. So if you have mood issues, if you have low serotonin levels, the sauna might be an easy uh, fix or help you out with kind of those moods or depression. So super nerdy sciencey research science behind sauna stress or heat stress or heat shock proteins. Heat shock protein stresses is a gene called FOXO3. This gene gets activated more when you're in hot or in the sauna environment. So this gene has been linked to longevity, longer life, and people that are sentinels or people that live to be 100 plus typically have a very predominant FOXO3 gene. So food for thought. So the cons of the sauna, and I hear this from a lot of clients and family members, is it's too hot. <laughs> the biggest challenge with heat stress is dehydration. Obviously, if you're not hydrated or you don't have the right electrolyte balance, your body will not feel good. There is a risk of passing out. Your body does that to protect itself. If you're locked or you're in a room, obviously you don't want to pass out because there's no one to save you or help you. Um, this is definitely a con. So hydrate before, during, and after. Some extreme sauna users will say not to hydrate during or in the middle of a sauna use. My thought is, is you know, safety comes first, so be safe, drink a lot of water. I have known or experienced that 
drinking water may or may not be enough. The electrolyte balance or electrolyte imbalance is very important. I have noticed that if I just drink water, sometimes I will get dizzy or I will have uh, memory or thought cognition issues after sauna use. So that is typically an electrolyte imbalance. So one thing I will do is I will take my vitamins uh, right before or right after. So I will take magnesium, phosphorus, uh, salt is the big thing. The reason we get headaches, the reason we uh, don't feel good when we're dehydrated is typically from sodium or lack of sodium. Sometimes I'll throw a salt shaker and I'll just pour a little bit into my hand and kind of lick it. That makes a huge difference in how you feel um, prior to sauna use. So some contraindications, obviously if you have heart disease or you have had heart issues, heart surgeries, they recommend that you consult your physician or doctor to see if it's okay. There is a better version um, for people with cardiac disease or cardiac risks. The infrared sauna is a little bit cooler and you don't have the ambient air temperature. In my opinion, it's a lot more tolerable than the conventional, traditional dry sauna. So that might be an option for somebody that is starting or getting into sauna use. It also might be good for someone who uh, has some risk factors. Uh, another contraindication is alcohol. Never drink alcohol when getting into a super hot environment. Uh, there has been deaths related to this. And it's basically alcohol dehydrates the cell and you get into an environment where you get more dehydrated, so do not do that. So again, when using the sauna, just be cautious. Start out doing short time durations, maybe five to 10 minutes when you start out. As you get more regular and more frequent with the heat stress and your body gets adapted to that challenge, then you can go a little bit longer. Um, I try to do 20 minutes when I go in, obviously sometimes I go a little bit longer. I listen to podcasts and um, a couple people that I follow on YouTube while I'm in the sauna. So it's kind of a twofer. I get to learn and educate and grow also while detoxing and helping my body out. The different types of saunas, there's a dry sauna, a finished steam sauna, and then an infrared sauna. So the dry sauna is typically around 175 degrees. This uses ambient air temperature, which could be 120, 130 degrees. And this is what people think of when you have the cedar-sided walls and it's just kind of real hot and you sweat. Then you have what's called a Finnish steam sauna, which is similar, they have the rocks and they pour water on the rocks that creates humidity or steam. So usually a Finnish or steam sauna has 20% humidity. It intensifies the heat and you sweat more. So I have experienced all three of these and definitely the steam or humidity is the most intense or challenging. Lastly is the infrared sauna. What it does is it sends uh, microwaves or little kind of infrared wavelengths 
that penetrate your skin. So the thought and theory behind the infrared sauna is there's actually some really cool uses in physical therapy. I don't know if you've ever experienced infrared therapy. They'll put like a red light over an injury. It helps with cell recovery. Um, but So the infrared is, again, it's kind of the beginning or introduction to sauna or heat stress. It is 140 degrees. It's a lot more tolerable. You still sweat, and the claim to fame for the infrared is that it penetrates your skin a little bit deeper because of the microwaves. Of the saunas, I like the conventional sauna probably the best. Conventional sauna is expensive if you're looking at an in-home version. The Finnish sauna obviously is awesome as well. The infrared is a lot more affordable. Um, they sell kits with infrared, so you have to do your research. There's a lot of different types and versions. You can get a two-person, a one-person, a three, a four. Um, so they have them in different sizes. I think for the in-home use, the infrared makes the most sense. It's the most cost-effective. You don't have to wire anything. You know, you don't have to have a special space or room. You can get the kit. Uh, the one that I've used is probably maybe four or five feet wide and three or four feet deep and then it just plugs into a regular outlet so lastly is some recommendations for sauna use uh, ideally 20 minutes a day is the recommendation and is also what they have done with some studies so there was a scandinavian i think it was in finland they did a study they said that there was significant increases in mercury detoxing Alzheimer's and dementia reduction, human growth hormone, reducing blood pressure, and increased serotonin levels. The more that you got into the sauna, so the more frequently you use the sauna, there was better or a correlation with uh, reductions or improvements with those things that I just mentioned. So ideally or optimally 20 minutes per day, four to seven times a week. This will give you the maximum benefit. So I'll go into some other things that I have found researching. So post-exercise benefits of sauna is similar to blood doping. So what it does is it pulls hormones and endorphins in your capillaries and your muscles. So it helps with recovery and it helps stimulate the hormone effect or stress effect that you had from exercise. So that might be a good solution or a good option depending on your goals. 50% decrease in heart-related issues going in the sauna four to seven times a week. So there was a 50% decrease in stroke risk and coronary heart disease and other heart-related issues. So pretty powerful uh, info and science. Again, as I mentioned before, decrease in blood pressure. So go into the sauna, it dilates your arteries and vessels, it opens them up. Again, it trains or creates adaptation with the epithelial or the lining of your arteries and veins. It makes it to perform better contractions. So if that tissue is conditioned and it works well, then you're gonna put less stress on your cardiovascular 
and pulmonary systems. Another study, it was a Finnish study, they found out that if you get in the sauna seven days a week for one hour, and they had the people do that twice a day, so twice a day for one hour, seven days a week, there was a 1600% increase in human growth hormone. So pretty powerful information. Um, they have played around with different options. That was kind of the max or most exposure to heat stress. And there was, again, a correlation. The longer you got in, the more you used it, the more frequently through the week you used the sauna, the higher your human growth hormone went up. Another cool factoid that I found is that 25 minutes of sauna exposure is equivalent to 25 minutes of moderate exercise. So there was a study done, um, I think it was on the bike, 25 minutes of cycling at 100 watts produced the same heart rate intensity and similar physiological effects and adaptations as 20 minutes in the sauna. So this is important because if you have knee injuries or joint problems, the sauna can be a effective tool for getting similar cardiovascular exercise. Now again, it's not max effort. You don't get max heart rate in the sauna, but it might be an alternative or a supplement to doing cardiovascular a lot of times a week. So another great perk with sauna is increased in libido due to human growth hormone and the hormonal influences that it has. We also see an increase in mitochondria energy, which is helpful for bettering your immune system. I have noticed it's easier to sleep. There is a benefit of decreased blood pressure from the nitric oxide. So that opens up your veins in what is called vasodilation and that helps with reducing your blood pressure. Also a great benefit of the sauna is decreasing Alzheimer's and dementia. Because of blood flow, you can decrease Alzheimer's and dementia. There was a study done that people with memory loss, they said that people that got into a sauna four to seven times a week for 20 minutes had a decrease in Alzheimer's, dementia, and memory loss of 60%. So some other things that I have experienced or learned over the past couple months using sauna therapy. So a recommendation is to be cognizant of eating before and after. Uh, if you go in on an empty stomach or a full stomach, it will have challenges with that. I had a time where I was fasting and went and did the sauna use and was very dizzy and lightheaded afterward. So just kind of a word of caution. Uh, another experience I had was I ate right before I got in there and I felt very sluggish and it was really challenging with the heat and I think my body was kind of digesting and processing. So I would recommend having something in your stomach when you go in. Don't eat right before you go in and don't do it fasted. It is just like exercise, maybe have a light meal, but uh, don't you know be super full, but also have something in your stomach. So that is kind of where we stand or the information that we have currently with sauna science and heat shock and heat stress. I'm amazed at the science coming out about sauna usage. 
there's a doctor that I follow that is heavily studying the sauna use and she's predicting in the next 10 years there will be a kind of medicinal prescription usage of saunas, infrared saunas, conventional saunas, and steam saunas. Try it out if you haven't. Um, keep an open mind. Again, start easy. Slowly ease into your time increments. Be safe. Stay hydrated. Again, really think about research and use practice the electrolyte balances. So good luck and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.